We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Kansas City Chiefs are back after a bye week, and we are ready for it. We have everything you need to know right here on The Best of Everything, presented by Charlie Hustle. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. This is the best everything presented by Charlie Hustle. I'm your host, Michaela Bennett. And first things first, Charlie Hustle and Kansas City Sports Network finally have our own gear. The softest hoodie I've ever felt. I think I've worn it for like three days straight. But definitely check them out. Amazing Charlie Hustle quality. So good. Well, yes, it was a bye week, but there's still a lot to talk about in the world of the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs had a trade deadline and they made some moves. Notably, Kadarius Toney came to the Chiefs from the New York Giants. And I know there's been a lot of speculation about what does this mean for the Chiefs? You know, why did they get him over some other receivers? And is he really going to fit into the Chiefs offense? Is he going to fit personally? Is the relationships going to mesh well? What is it going to look like? Well, Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen talked about that on one-on-one this week and how Andy Reid commands the respect of his players and the rest of the NFL. He talks about how you kind of have to put your ego to the side because Andy Reid is just that guy that you just respect him and everyone plays as a team. It is interesting, though. I'd love to get a coach on here at some point um, to talk about sort of how you deal with these players. So you have two – it seems like you have two sorts of of coaches. You have those coaches who come in and it's their way or, or the highway. Right. Yeah. And they're those type of coaches, right? The Bill Belichick's, the Eric Mangini's, the Brian Dayballs. Yeah. They're not going to butt well <laughs> with certain personalities. No. And it not. doesn't matter how good those players are, they're going to ship them out because they, those kind of coaches care much more about the team. Uh, the and, team. And, and not to say, not to say that coaches that like Coach Reed is, is kind of the polar opposite of those guys, right. but he right. has the same type of, he garners the same respect without the fear. Right. Um, right. Because, you know, Coach Reed's no nonsense, but those guys are they go by a different book. Coach right. Reed, you can see the way he calls plays. He's super creative. He right. knows how to get the best out of his guys on and off the field. And some guys are either you're going to dress up, put your button all the way to the top and tuck your jersey in, socks mm-hmm. knee high, or you're going to get the fuck out of here. That's right. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And, and Andy Reed is, no, you can do your things your own way as long as you're within these lines that I have in place. Right. And you're not right. detrimental to the team. We can figure out ways to make you a better human being and a better football player. 
Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. And I think just like players, too, I mean, when you look at your captains of a team, right, or your leaders of a football team, generally speaking, I'd say 99% of the time, those are the guys who also do a hell of a job producing on Sundays, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's not just some guy who's a great leader but maybe doesn't, you know, give you that production on the field. No, it's, it's very rarely that. It's usually always the guys who have that resume. And I think the one thing that allows – or there's a number of things for just being a great coach, but his resume, Andy Reid's resume, um, allows him to sort of to, – to walk that line where he can have these players come in and let them be themselves, but at the same time they recognize, hey, this is Hall of Fame coach Andy Reid, yeah. right? So, so like I think of the Le'Veon Bell situation. Remember, it was, it was Le'Veon Bell yeah, that came yeah, out and tried – years to, ago, a year ago, yeah. whatever it was. And he tried to say that something bad about Andy Reid. And it was like so quick because you knew this guy's resume. It was so quick to recognize that's it's your stuff, brother. Yeah. That's definitely your stuff. So he admitted, Reed, that, he admitted that later down the road. Um, but, oh, did he? Yeah. I say that. Sometimes you have to mature. And, and his from his perspective, that's just how he felt. And sometimes mm -hmm. we could be dead wrong and don't know it. Um, yeah. yeah. It takes, well, that's good. It takes a little bit of humbling and. And growing up and, and and looking at things from a different perspective, realize looking back on moments where you thought you were right, right, you, that you were wrong, right. No, and I know, and that's good. That's good that he did that. And my point wasn't so much to bash him, but just to to say, look at. I mean, it just everybody know. There's just so yeah. much respect for that man. You know what I mean? That you almost can't come in with the egos and the uh, and any of that. And and I remember too being there. You know, my first couple of weeks there, recognizing. All the rules that he does put in place, he has a reason for. Yes. Like you're not, you don't have to do this random stuff just because he wants to be a dick. You know, just yeah. power trip as a coach. Like he has a reason and a, for every rule that's in place. Continuing the talk of Andy Reid, BJ sat down with ex-Chiefs player Alex Okafor to talk about the one and only Andy Reid and what it's like playing for him. Now, a lot of people know Andy Reid. Well, some people know Andy Reid personally, and even BJ, he spent some time with the Chiefs talking about his relationship with Andy Reid and what Andy Reid is really like. We've seen the commercial where he draws the mustache on the players' faces. Everyone loved that. Everyone loved seeing his personality, but it seems like that's the real Andy Reid. That's the personality that he has with the players. And Alex Okafor talks about that himself this week and what it's like really playing for a coach like Andy Reid and what Andy Reid is really like on a personal level. Um, I want to ask about Andy Reid and playing for him because uh, there's the side that the media sees during his pressers. He makes a joke every once in a while. And then <laughs> there's the, the guy that the coaches see all the time. And mm -hmm. I didn't see it a ton, but I saw just enough glimpses. Uh, and I'll tell you the story. So it was in the middle of the offseason. It was like April. I was walking down the, the from the indoor uh, practice facility or indoor field. And we were mm -hmm. just about to the locker room. And it's where you go out left and you go up the stairs to the practice field. Well, mm -hmm. we get right to that corner and I'm walking with Ted. It's Ted Cruz and I, and Ted Cruz, mm -hmm. for anybody listening, he's a VP of communications. I'll never forget this. I think it was my first year. I think it was mm -hmm. 2014. We're walking down this hallway. We get to this corner. And all of a sudden, Coach Reed jumps out and screams boo at Ted. And Ted like jumps back. And he's just like, ah, gotcha. And then he just like leaves and walks up the stairs. And I look at Ted. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell was that? And he goes, that's how he always is. Like he's a giant kid. Like he's just messing mm -hmm. with people all the time. I'm like, I've never seen that side of his personality. <laughs> what was yeah. it like as a player playing for him and kind mm -hmm. of seeing both sides and, and all the funny things that uh, don't make it to the light of day? 
Yeah, I mean, it's Big Red's an interesting individual, man. Um, you just hear so much about him, his prestige, how long he's been in the league, all that. So coming in in 2019, just kind of being around him a little bit, but not really knowing who he was, you know, he, he's a little different from other head coaches, um, a little bit more softer spoken, a little bit more laid back. Um, you know, just that's his personality. That's his demeanor. Um, just a little bit more chill. So it was a little bit different than what I was accustomed to. But I'll say this in terms of like his in terms of him being funny, he is hilarious, but he's one of those dudes that get funnier with time. So it's like yeah. when you first meet him, you don't really know what to expect, how he's going to be. And then literally each and every week, you'll pick up one small thing from him and you'll be like, you know what? Big Red is fucking funny, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a dry, like just the stories that I've heard. I haven't seen it a lot. And I've heard some things that I won't, I won't share some jokes that he makes mm -hmm. and things that he does. Um, but uh, yeah, his personality is, is one of the players love playing for him is you can't get to his position, have the success that he did uh, and that he has had and have people talk about them the way that they do uh, without treating people the right way and just kind of treating everybody fairly and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I want to ask you this too, Alex, because I've asked this to, to former guys because everybody's a little bit different. Uh, mm. When you sit down on a Sunday or Thursday or a Monday, <laughs> football all the time now, mm. to watch a football game, do you watch it as like a fan or do you watch it as a play? Like if you're watching a Chiefs game, are you watching mm -hmm. alignments? Are you watching defensive calls and figuring out what mm -hmm. they're trying to do? Or do you just sit back and watch the ball and enjoy, you know, football like, you know, a regular fan? No, it's funny you ask, because I was actually thinking about this the other day. And I wish I could watch the game as a fan. But right now, my, my <laughs> eyes just won't let me. Like, my mind won't let me. Like, I've spent so many uh, hours over the past nine years of my career just watching film a certain way. And now mm -hmm. it just my eyes can't unsee that. So when I'm watching games, I'm, I'm zoomed in on the D line before the snap even happens. I'm zoomed in on the backfield formation where like, is the line bowed and whatnot? What, what is the tackle stance? And most of the time I'm missing like a lot of the game. Cause I'm so zoomed in on like what my keys are on the field that like, sometimes I can't even enjoy like the full vision of the full play. So it's funny that you asked that, but to answer your question, no. Uh, I see it from a professional football standpoint and, nah. you know, it is what, what it you, is for now. What do you like? You've played in different defensive schemes for different defensive coaches. What is it that you like yeah. about Steve Spagnuolo and the way that he went about his business and the way that he calls plays and just his whole defensive scheme, which just aggressive. <laughs> like it's yeah, just, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming. There's zero <laughs> blitzing in the red zone all the time. Like they are sending the house and I love to watch right. it as a fan. Right. No, I mean, I think just speaking of Spags, man, I think he gets a – and now that I'm not on the team, I can see what everybody is saying, and I think he gets an unfair amount of criticism. Um, first of all, you got to remember, he won a Super Bowl in 2019. He's won multiple Super Bowls, so let's, let's put that on his resume. It takes something to do that. But um, as a D coordinator, man, one thing I love about Spags is that, like, he's going to stick to what he does. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, it works, man. You just got to stick with it and do your job right, and it will work. The worst thing you can do as a D coordinator is, you know, start flip-flopping in philosophy, start making way too many adjustments, just because we're grown men on the other side of that. We can see what's going on. Like, you can't fool us. So, I mean, Stag, Stag stands tall in what he does, man, and it works. Well, the offense that is run by Andy Reid has done very well this year, and even the new additions like Juju Smith-Schuster. He has had 
some great games. And on the breakdown this week, Matt Castle sits down and talks about some of the best plays the Chiefs have had so far this year and how Patrick Mahomes is now gaining that confidence in his new receivers, especially Juju, on what they can do, the type of receiver that they are, the routes that they can run, etc. So many unknowns coming into the season because of the new wide receivers. But Making the great plays has just solidified the confidence confidence that they have in each other, both the wide receivers and Patrick Mahomes, and what they can do moving forward for the offense. And I think this was a huge moment for this offense. Even though the Chiefs lost this game, this was a play, I think, you talked about the chemistry that Mahomes has developed with these receivers. I think this was the play where I think Juju gained a little confidence from this moment. And I think Mahomes gained some confidence in Juju as well. Seeing, as you said, uh, when you can throw when you can throw a crosser like that, a short crossing route like that, and have your guy break it for a touchdown, that just gives you such a boost of confidence in his ability uh, to go out there and make plays for you. And, and we saw it carry over the next week into that Niners game as well. So I think, you know, even in a loss to the Bills in a big game, there were still positives to take out of that. And I think we're going to see this connection between Mahomes and Juju really continue to grow and click going forward. Right. You bring a guy in like Juju and you expect him to make plays. And that's the biggest part is when you get the ball into your playmaker's hands, can they extend the play? Can they can they break a tackle and turn a five-yard gain into a 45-yard touchdown pass? And that's that's confidence for everybody. It's not just confidence for Patrick Mahomes, but the entire offensive unit. When you know you can put the ball in some guy's hands like Juju Smith-Schuster and he can step up, make a play, and be a difference maker. Absolutely. And now let's move on to our second play here today. You guys will uh, you guys will definitely remember this from last week against the Niners. Huge moment in this game, huge play in this game as we're getting inching closer to halftime. And this is still very much a game at this point before the Chiefs really pulled away. Matt, what stood out to you here? Yeah, I just loved it because it's really, truly a progression read. Down down low, you're going to have a quick out and a corner route, so you're going to try to high-low that clouded corner, and this is what we call a mixed coverage, right? You've got a clouded corner down here, so it's playing more like two, but up top, because of the cut split, it turns more into like a quarters or or a cover four look up top, so that's how it's playing. So really, Patrick is starting left to right here, and as you see it start to progress, he's evaluating – what's going on down here at the bottom. So the corner originally stays tight to that quick out route. So he might have a throw here to Travis Kelsey on the corner that's going to get flattened out in front of that safety. But as you can see, the eyes of the corner are on Patrick and he can give depth pretty quickly. So you have to take that into consideration. But what does Patrick do? He looks at it, he evaluates it, doesn't feel very confident about that window right there because it's going to close quickly. So he moves on with his progression. And this is where you see MVS and his speed, right? We talk about people being able to blow the top off of coverage. Well, he threatens this safety right away, gets him turned around, comes in that window, and Patrick doesn't hesitate at all. I love it. He goes one, two, gets to the middle read here to MVS and then the way in which he delivers this ball he takes the arc out of it the trajectory of the ball is outstanding because he doesn't give that safety time to come back and get involved in the play so when he takes the air out of the ball he's able to put it on the wide receiver to make sure that he secures the catch it's just a great throw great understanding for the offense and a really good job of going through his progression 
Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Liquid Death. Listen, you might be in a meeting, and you might be walking through High V Target and start to notice some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. No need to get anybody. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Now, why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, it'll brutally murder your thirst. That is right. Not only are they trying to brutally murder your thirst, they're trying to brutally murder plastic pollution as well with their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans. They're bringing death to plastic pollution, and they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution. Great cause. That's a win-win for me. Look at this. I mean, just look at this can right here. I've got one right with me. The Severed Lime. One of my favorite flavors that they have. Oh, it's so good. Can't wait to dive into this one. You can find a Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or go to a Liquid Death retailer near you. Find one with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, continuing on a great offense, the Kansas State Wildcats just shut out Oklahoma State 48-0. to Zero. zero. That's incredible and arguably the biggest win in school history. Now, Cole sat down this week with one of the announcers, Brock Heward, this week to talk about the plays, the calls, and the game overall. What does this mean for the Wildcats and what does it mean for the broadcast? You know, how do you broadcast this game? Cole even says that his wife noted about how good the broadcast was this week. Well, Brock talks about what it really is like being on that side of the football and the broadcasting and what it's like being on the broadcast team, going to all of these different schools and calling this game. Looking at the numbers, I don't know if you saw the ratings for the game. Um, I did. We, we get those every week. I mean, it was, it will, it will be the highest rated 48 nothing game in my life. I, I don't think I honestly, I mean, it, and I felt that way coming out of it. I never felt like the game lost steam or intrigue because this was just it was so unexpected it was inexplicable Mike Gundy's teams never get shut out they're never non-competitive it never looks like that and the fact that K-State did it did it with their backup quarterback down their middle linebacker down some players and they just rallied and played as Kleiman said in the locker room and post game like that's it that's the best game in four years and there's the standard and yeah, it was rather inexplicable. I don't think any of us saw a 48-0. Anybody, anybody in that building that day that walked in 
thought, okay, well, you know, these are two similar teams. I've got friends on both staff, Jason McAdoo at, at Oklahoma State. I played with with the Seahawks, great guy. And I love picking his brain when I do Cowboys games. And he had the same thought I did. He's like, yep, two teams built very similar, recruit similar kids, train them, equip them, and develop them in similar ways. And yeah, probably be special teams or a big play here or there. And to see 48 nothing was quite a statement. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I did see the ratings, Brock. That's incredible. That's probably a credit to you and Jason as well. Uh, like I said, I mean, you guys are such a great broadcast. I'll just tell you, Brock, my wife was at home, stuck at home watching uh, our twin girls. So she wasn't able to go to the game. And she was texting me during the game for the first time ever about the announcers <laughs> and how much she enjoyed the broadcast. So yeah. uh, I just have to tell you that as a, a shout out. You guys are terrific. Well, we do enjoy, and that that hopefully comes across. And I think you do see, sadly, crews at the highest of levels that you can just tell when they don't enjoy one another and they don't enjoy their team. It's no different than any team sport. You know, when I'm on an airplane and I'm studying and inevitably somebody looks at my board right that I've got in front of me and and they're like what are you are you a crazy coach a crazy gambler what what are you and you know and I'm a broadcaster you know and it leads to the inevitable we're like Ocean's Eleven right that's yeah. my that's my analogy we come in we do a job there's a crew of about 35 of us cameramen and women graphics producers truck truckers you know the whole operation that it takes and yeah, we go from one spot to another. And this week, that semi got to stay right there in Manhattan. So a little bit of a breather for for those guys. But when you have a crew that enjoys working and every oar is in the water together, and Jason is so fun and so witty, about as witty and fun a guy that I've ever worked with. I've worked, you mentioned Tessator and Joe Davis, so many talented people. But uh, but J Jason keeps me on my toes. He is hilarious, and uh, it's been a been a real treat this season. Yeah. Well, speaking of treats this season, Mizzou football just beat 25th ranked South Carolina. That is right, Mizzou beat a ranked team this year. Now there has been a lot of up and ups and downs with Mizzou football this year, but they made some offensive changes, and Tucker wonders if that's the reason why. They pulled out this win. On Mizzou, that's who this week. They talk about the big win over South Carolina. What was the difference makers in this game? And how can they keep this momentum going forward the rest of the season? Well, Brady's decision-making was a lot better, I think, in this game. And really the big difference maker. Uh, Gabe, I'm curious. They had a change at right guard. I don't want to try to pronounce his name. Uh, because if if I'm just reading it, I'm going to butcher it. But they had a change at right guard. I'm curious if you thought that had any impact on the offensive line as a whole. It's hard to plug one guy in yeah. and say, okay, yep, that's the change. But the offensive line did look better. Yeah, EJ and Doma Ogar replaced Mitchell Walters, and they did look better. And he's one of those guys that personally I've been saying, can't get a look? Like, yeah. why can't we see what he can do? And I'm not saying that to say, see, I'm really smart, and I knew that putting him in. Uh, but – uh, I also thought that just watching the game, and I'm going to ask Eli something along these lines tomorrow, but just watching the game, that game plan looked different to me. Mm. The outside zone was was mostly gone. It was Cody Schrader, take the ball and run forward. You know, it was, uh, I thought Brady Cook made better decisions on the zone reads, but we saw Luther Burden in the backfield a few times. We saw the entire like first quarter and a half was basically swing pass left to Dom Lovett, swing pass right to Dom Lovett. And that's great. Like, that's what this team does well. And it worked. And then when that happened, 
South Carolina came up. And then what do we do? We throw Dom Love at 47 yards downfield. You know, I thought the game plan looked different. I thought that looked like, yes, the line I'm sure played better, but I think Eli helped him too. And there's two ways to go with that. Like maybe they're just kind of coming into their own and they figured it out. And I'm sure there are some people out there going, no, where was that at Florida uh, or against Florida? Where was that, you know, earlier in the season? And I don't know, maybe the guys weren't ready for it. Maybe he figured some things out, whatever. They figured it out. Good news. Well, when you do that so many times too, and like they kept giving the ball, like you said, to Dom Lovett and he's getting the edge, then the defense is protecting that more. And I feel like that was what was really allowing our run game to be as good as it was. And I mean, you saw it multiple times. Like I read when I watched the game, they, the South Carolina defense didn't know where the ball was. I would say at least three or four times. I mean, they were three tacklers on Cody Schrader one time and he didn't even have the ball. So I think they did a really good job at that. I think too, that when, when you talk about the, just kind of the game plan like that, it does make it easier on the offensive line. you are like, okay, we have to pass block for maybe two seconds, if that, to get a swing pass out there. And we were going downhill and running the ball. Like, those are basically your two schemes. And when you say, okay, we're going to simplify it, this is going to be it right here, that makes it a whole lot easier. And if you're running the ball a whole lot, those defensive ends, those linemen aren't going to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback as quick when you are going to throw that deep ball to Dom Lovett. So I think, I mean, we, we've been talking about this on the podcast, right, all year, uh, that, like, just all you got to do is just, like, Get the ball out in space. Get it out quick. Run the ball. Running the ball has seemingly worked very well against the South Carolina team. Um, and I think that that's kind of exciting. I'm probably, I don't want to get too excited, right? Because I don't want to get my hopes up about the offense. But it looked, it looked competent and it looked good. It was a good look. And that's exciting for what is to come. Hey, sorry to interrupt again, but I've got to tell you about our sponsor, Trade Coffee. And going to a coffee shop is a great experience, but it's not something most of us can do every day. If you're looking for that delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, it's so much easier to get that with Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so easy for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment needed. It's wonderful. Whether you know what you're doing and you already know what kind of coffee you like or you're looking and you need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans or however you make it your coffee at home. They will send it to you. It's absolutely perfect. It's a win-win in my book there. Here's how you got to do it. You're going to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off their subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash KCSN. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of what is to come, the Kansas City Chiefs will return as they take on the Tennessee Titans Sunday night in Arrowhead. And 
it will be a battle of the third downs this week. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL as far as third down conversion rates go. And the Tennessee Titans are leading the NFL and stopping third downs. So it will be a battle this week. And for some reason, the Titans and the Chiefs just always match up really well. Regardless of what is happening in the year, they just seem to match up really well. But we all know what Andy Reid is like whenever he is comes off a of bye week. That extra time that he gets is just somehow, he, he does something with it. And his record after a bye week or even just the beginning of the year is incredible. So here's hoping that that continues. But on KC Lab this week, they talked about what the Titans are going to do, what the Chiefs are going to do, what the game plan should be, and how the Chiefs can use Kadarius Tony or any of the other moves that they the NFL has made to their advantage the rest of the season. I do wonder. I, I, I do think that Brable's going to come out, maybe play a little more man-heavy scheme. We're going to see a little bit more trying to just line up and say, hey, we know that you guys don't have a ton of man beaters on your in your receiving core, so but let's try this, and let's try and get home with the four that we've got, just try and man up on the back end and force Andy to unleash you know, the quote-unquote good plays and force him to stay on point for most of the game. Now, again, you know the Titans secondary hasn't been great so far this year, but they definitely seem to have a tell with Patrick Mahomes. They definitely seem to come with a better game plan. Mike Vrabel, hell of a coach, and he comes with a different game plan for the Chiefs every single time, and it seems to frustrate the Chiefs, seems to really get them off their game a little bit. I fully expect that they're going to line up, they're going to try and bring pressure and just play man on the back end and say, hey, Chiefs, I know you're good at throwing the ball, but let's see how you handle when we're just going to glove you up all game long and play extremely physical you know, on the road. You know, and uh, one thought too, it's just, I agree with, you know, I, I, I definitely could see that being the game script for how uh, Mike Vrabel approaches this thing. But just not, one other thought, just kind of, you know, thinking about this, it's like, it's so weird that the Isaiah Pacheco move being named the starting running back. I know it's a little bit in name only, but it worked, I think, because I think Clyde Edwards Alaire looked great. And, you know, um, I just found it interesting that that move came before the buy. Because that just felt like a very post-buy kind of move. So, like, I'm always just kind of curious as well. It's like, what changes with personnel after the buy? They kind of made one little adjustment already. I'm also interested, you know, to kind of see if there's going to be um, any more, you know? So, uh, third down defense, Matthew. You wanted to talk a little bit about Tennessee's third down defense. Probably going to be an important factor in this game. I, I think... It's just the Chiefs, when they've had their their rough games this year, when the Chiefs' offense hasn't been clicking, what has happened? Not great execution on third downs. When they've had some of the best offensive performances of the year, of the last decade, what has happened? Great on third downs. And you can kind of boil it down to a couple different things. You know, early down success rate for the Chiefs versus the Bills and versus the Colts, not that great. A better versus a lot of the other competition. But even when that early down success rate wasn't high versus the 49ers or, you know, versus the Buccaneers, Mahomes just went unbelievably, was unbelievably good on third down. He was just great. It's just, there's nothing you can do. It's third and eight. You're in a perfect position as a defense and Patrick Mahomes shows up and does some Mahomes level stuff, right? So the Titans, it's going to be, the ball's going to be in their court, no matter what the distance is to make sure that figures it out. Now, 
I, I think this is very important to note. The Kansas City Chiefs currently have the number one third down offense in the league. As it stands right now, they convert 51.9% of their third downs. That's outrageously good. That even beats the Bills, who everybody just is all about. You know, oh, look at how they do on third downs. The Tennessee Titans have the best third down defense in the NFL. 25.6% conversion rate on the offense. So this is you know, immovable object versus unstoppable force here. This, this is going to be one of those Tennessee Titans have a, a ridiculously good rush defense. They are one of the best in the league against the run. So I don't suspect the Chiefs are going to be able to line up, have early down run success, try and chisel away at the sticks. They're going to have to throw the ball. And like I said, pass defense isn't great, but the Tennessee Titans get teams into a lot of third and longs and they're able to tee off. They're able to get off the field. And that's what matters against the Kansas City Chiefs. What we have seen the Chiefs do, and I know it's a very rudimentary way of saying this, you know, you know obviously got to keep the drives going to score points. It, obviously, yes. What? I know. It's unbelievable. You won't believe it. But when we've seen the Chiefs struggle this year, it has been specifically on third downs because we we see them get behind the sticks. Like Maddie said, you know, they, they get behind the sticks against the 49ers and you're like, oh man, here we go. Or get behind the sticks against the Raiders. And oh man, here we go. And it doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter. They've been able to solve whatever it is that they've got. It's third and Mahomes again. So it will be interesting to see if we see a lot more of those third and Mahomes against the NFL's best third down defense because they can't convert those they can't pick that up then it starts getting into that you know Mike Vrabel you know slug fest close quarters slug fest slap fight whatever you want to call it like it, it it becomes a lot more physical and brutal of a game they just can't do it on third downs well that will be a battle Sunday night we will have post game on Kansas City Sports Network right after the game but it is almost that time for college basketball season. Now, the Kansas Jayhawks, they are national champions. And on Ain't No Seats this week, we pivoted a little bit to college basketball season. And the guys talked about what it means to be a Kansas fan this year. You know, Braden says he's just going to relax. He knows that he can trust Bill Self now. And Bill Self has earned the right to just trust and see what happens this season you know they have a natty championship now they can just kind of enjoy this season and watch the guys develop and grow throughout the year obviously i'm excited for the season but i just i feel spoiled because i know what we're about to get yeah we're gonna compete for a conference tie it sounds so cocky but i feel like i'm i'm grown now i'm a grown man <laughs> i i just understand i guess like what we got Bill Self, we're going to compete for a Big 12 title. We're going to have a good seed in the tournament. We're going to have a chance to make the second weekend, play for a Final Four. I just yep. – Let me lay out real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Here's how the season's going to go. This is the script you need every year for a KU season. We're going to look – we're going to struggle a little bit. We're going to look ugly early. Um, <laughs> Twitter is going to be furious at whoever starts at the five. Um <laughs> Whether that be Zach or Ernest, everyone's going to be mad. They're going to be saying, we should have had Dave come back, which is funny because we all hated Dave last year. Dave was that playing that character. Um, then about midseason in conference play, people are going to get frustrated if we struggle a little bit because Dewan's not good enough and Dewan should have taken a bigger step. And should have you know, transferred. Where's he? 
he's 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 a junior now. He needs to be better. And then he'll never be friend of Devontae. Yeah, question marks about Jalen. Jalen wasn't ready to be the man of this team. And then come February, March, the flip will switch. Bill so so good. Flip, and the team will all come together, and we'll be rolling into March as a one or a two seed, having won or taken second in the Big Twelve, and everything will be okay. That's just what happens. That's a that's the script for a KU basketball season. I don't yep. know if there's going to be any Remy Martin type scripts built in. Last year was a little different, but. <laughs> it's just that's how it is and it's kind of nice that we have it on autopilot exactly and think about the things people said about bill self after we lost to tcu just about the rotation and the guys that were playing and that they were soft and now our fans are all in on him being the best coach in college basketball and everyone should be and we're going to be spoiled forever as long as he's here 2008 you lose every starter you win the big 12 lose like five games almost make the final four again. So you're always going to be in a good spot. They've always said, we don't rebuild, we reload. And that's, I mean, it really is true. If you listen to this podcast, you would think we're talking about a team that's starting fifth in the big 12 and is returning. Nobody. This is a top five team. Like it's crazy. (laughs) We're talking about you lose two first rounders. You lose three starters. You lose your first three options on offense. Scoring yeah, options. We're still a top five team, which who knows? I don't I don't think we're necessarily a top five team right now, but I'm confident we will be potentially by March. So it just that's how it goes. Things will be things will be good. It's gonna be a really fun year because we get to sit back knowing we won the title. We can relax about Bill getting number two, and we can just genuinely enjoy watching this team come together. That's gonna be my goal. Don't yeah. let some stupid performance early in the year get me fired up. I'm just gonna sit back, enjoy. Bill got his second title. That's all I've wanted. Mm-hmm. And now let's just watch guys like Grady Dick, MJ Rice, Ernest. Let's watch them develop. develop. Well, it is definitely an exciting week in Kansas City sports. We have college basketball right around the corner, and the Kansas City Chiefs are back in action. No more bye weeks the rest of the year. We have everything that you need to know every single week right here on The Best Writing presented by Charlie Hustle. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com